Verse 2 to 7 from chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot on the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. Thank you. Uh, can you give it back to Frank? Can you give it to Frank? That's good. All right. So Christmas is a time of coziness, jingle bells, snowman, cute nativity scenes, the baby with a halo, and a time to be good and a time to be nice to other people, a time of peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And somehow this year it feels a little bit out of place, doesn't it? It seems like world peace is just something that uh, pretty girls at pageants uh, wish for or something that uh, eternal optimists and ignorance would toast to. But peace on earth just feels like an idle hope. It feels very, very far away right now. Two weeks ago, we talked about the ongoing conflict in Israel and Palestine uh, and what's happening there and a bit of a theological perspective on it. Last week, we had a speaker from IJM talking about modern slavery and what it does worldwide and really the worst form of that that is so prevalent with um, uh, sexual slavery and um, um, how that how that's actually growing and how that's, there's more and more people that are oppressed and that are suffering up to 50 million people worldwide living in some form of modern day slavery. So. Yeah, peace on earth, not this Christmas, but maybe an, an internal sense of peace, maybe, maybe that, a sense of being at peace with yourself and with the world around you. Yeah, but studies on mental health have shown for years now that there's an ongoing increase in social anxiety disorder. 2019 was estimated that one in six Europeans has experienced mental health problems. But of course, 2020 and forward, the problem got even worse. Some say that the amount of burnout that we see around us is not just a symptom of just people that are overworked, but it's a sign that we are living through some sort of a collective burnout through overstimulation, overwork, and just over-demand on um, every person. So in this in an emotional or an internal sense, no, uh, peace on earth, not today. 
peace on earth is this beautiful Christmas idea, but in reality, it just it feels so far away. A nice thought, but a reality that's out of reach. In our teaching passage for today from Isaiah 9, which is a well-known messianic prophecy about a child will be born that's called the Prince of Peace. There's this phrase, the government and the peace uh, of his government and peace, there will be no end. What does that or did that mean? Is it just a nice Christmas wish, a Christmas feeling, or is it really a reality? And what is God in God's invitation to us today in the midst of the turmoil, turmoil in this world and the demands on our time and the inner sense of unrest that so many of us are experiencing? Today's the second Sunday of Advent. So there's two candles here on my left that are lit. And Advent is the time leading up to Christmas when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And Advent is much more than a sort of simple countdown to Christmas. It really is a time to prepare our hearts and to devote ourselves to God again and wait with expectation for Jesus Christ to come. And through church history, Christians have used the time of Advent not only to consider the first coming of Christ, which is called, the, uh, in theological terms, the incarnation, when the Word became flesh. The time of Advent has always been a multi-dimensional time of expectation. In Advent, we remember that Jesus Christ came in the incarnation, so, but we also look forward to his return at the Perugia, the second coming of Jesus, when Jesus comes again to restore all things. And we also anticipate his coming into our lives again today. And so to understand why at Advent and at Christmas that phrase peace on earth resonates and, and means something, I want to talk first through these three uh, dimensions of, of Advent and, and, and how that works. The first dimension of Advent is peace personified. During Advent and Christmas, we remember that Jesus came as peace personified. This is why the passage that we read, which has uh, also been, always been understood as a messianic prophecy, uh, one of the names of the child that would be born is Prince of Peace. See, the absence of peace in our world is a direct result of sin. Through human disobedience to God's will and God's ways, the peaceful world that God had created became distorted. And every human being that was born is born into that distorted situation. Every human being is born not at peace with the world, not at peace with God, not at peace with himself. And because every human being is born into a world where they're both affected by this lack of peace, um, but also contributing to this lack of peace. But Jesus was different. In the miracle of the incarnation, we see the Son of God in flesh and blood, fully embracing the human identity, while not affected in his being by the sinfulness of the world, nor contributing to it. Jesus was the full picture of what God meant it to be like to be human, undistorted by sin, 
fully, fully at peace with God, fully at peace with the world, and fully at peace within himself. Another way to talk about peace would be in right relationship with, right? In right relationship with. Jesus was in right relationship with God, in right relationship with himself, and in right relationship with this world, which obviously did not mean that he was great buddies with, with everyone that he met, but that he was able to do the right thing towards every person that he met. He was peace personified in a world out of whack. And because he was this person of peace, he could also restore peace to others. And so in the ministry of Jesus, and this includes his teaching and his healing ministry and every other miracle that you read about, we see that he is restoring people into well-being, into right relationship with each other, into right relationship with God, into right relationship with themselves. And ultimately, he would do so through his death and his resurrection, removing the sin element from our distorted relationship with God. This is why Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. This justified through faith means entering back into right relationship with God, with peace with God. And so this first dimension of Advent and Christmas is that we remember that Jesus um, has, as peace personified, um, done what no one else could do, and that is bring us back into the right relationship with God, restore uh, us into a peaceful relationship with God. And this is why Wesley phrased the, uh, the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. He says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And so the first dimension of Advent really is that we look back at what he has done and that he Jesus came as peace personified and has restored us into right relationship with God. Second dimension of Advent is a peace fulfilled. Secondly, the season of Advent is a season of looking forward to the Perugia. This is often left out of the picture, which is such a pity because it's such a powerful dimension of Advent. See, you and I, as people who have been restored to peace with God, may now look to the future with hope and with expectation that one day God's peace will completely be restored on this earth. It will cover the planet. When Jesus comes again, and really every day is a day closer, isn't it? Uh, his judgment will come on anything and on everyone that distorts and disrupts that peace and then bring to a complete fulfillment his work of peace on earth. In the last two chapters of our Bible, 
uh, you get a vision of what that fulfilled peace on earth actually looks like. It's this, first of all, it's this picture of a, a completely restored relationship with God uh, uh, for, for, for everyone. Everyone's enjoying his unfiltered and unhindered presence. It says in Revelation 21, uh, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city uh, has no need of sun or moon to shine uh, on it for the glory of God. Um, it gives it light and its lamp is the lamb. So it's this complete um, unity with God. This complete access to his, his presence. We get to enjoy relationship with God in unhindered and unfiltered way. Secondly, what you see happening in those chapters is you get this picture of a completely restored uh, humanity. Like they're, they're at peace with themselves and they're at peace with each other. In Revelation 22, then the angel showed me the river of water of life, uh, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street uh, of the city. And also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So there's that healing going on. There's that restoration going on that we get to be at peace with ourselves and at peace with each other. Finally, really the last chapter of Revelation gives us a complete picture of human flourishing in the way God has always meant it to be. It says, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. The whole picture of Revelation 21 and 22, of the new heaven and the new earth, is a picture of shalom, this this ancient Hebrew idea of peace, which is, of course, more than a ceasefire or, or just no war. It's, it's a complete well-being in body, soul, and spirit, in the peace in the broadest sense, in the most complete sense. We see that fulfilled in the last two chapters of your Bible. And so as Christians, we live with this sure hope for the future that one day, when Jesus comes back, God's shalom will cover the whole planet there won't be uh, no place that is uh, not under his rule, that is not under his reign. And so Advent is also a time when we look to the future with this deep sense of hope. Whatever is going on in the world, whatever is going, going on around us, whatever is going on inside us, we can always look to the future with hope. Not just, oh, I hope, like not as sort of, idle hope of like, oh, maybe peace on earth one day. No, it's this sure hope that is secured by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One day he will come back and he will restore all things and he will wipe away every tear and he will make every disease just dissolve and he will resolve every conflict and there will be complete restoration and peace on earth will be completely fulfilled. It's a hope more powerful than the despair of the daily news and stronger than any of our daily worries. And so there's a third dimension. As Christians, we 
live in the time in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. The time between the incarnation and the perusia. And so we recognize and we celebrate that Jesus has come. And we look forward to his coming again when he will restore all things. But currently we live in that in-between time. And in this in-between time, we experience a tension. Like if you're in between two things, you're experiencing a tension. Because on the one hand, we're singing peace on earth and mercy, mild God and sin is reconciled. So we acknowledge that indeed something has significantly changed since Jesus has come. He left his mark on the planet. Get that promise and that, that yearning for, for peace on earth. At the same time, it, it, it feels so far away. Because when is this going to happen? When is the Perusia then going to happen? So the third dimension of Advent is this expectation that Christ will come to meet with us in the here and now, in the in-between time. So that this peace can become our experience reality today. And in the first dimension of Advent, we, we look back to how he came. We look back with thankfulness. We celebrate it. In the second dimension, we, we look forward with, with hope. In the third dimension, we invite Jesus to come to meet with us right here and right now with expectation. We need peace to be more than a theological truth. We need peace to be more than a future hope. In this time, and for some of us, especially now in this time, especially today, we need his peace to be an experienced reality. And so, in the closing part of this talk, I want to look at a few steps that we can take to experience that peace present with us in the Advent season. And it starts with this. It starts with acknowledging your need for peace. Acknowledging your need for peace. Advent is a time that invites us to become aware of the unrest and the turmoil that we have stored up inside. It's a time when we become silent before him, present to him, present to the places in our lives where we feel this unrest and the ways that this unrest is manifesting itself. I think so often we can get so caught up in the demands of everyday life that we fail to really come to terms with how these things are affecting our souls. That conversation with the co-worker you had, that fail on the test that you really needed to pass this time, the red numbers on your bank account, the news from back home, the whatever. Process of experiencing God's peace again in the here and now begins with allowing yourself to really feel what you feel in your soul. To become present to the lack of peace that is inside of you and acknowledge your deep need for God's peace to enter in again. So the second step or the second move in that process is to invite him to come with his peace. And it's a step that seems so logical, you'd almost just pass it by without even mentioning it. But I think this is where it's, 
is going wrong for, for, for many of us. So you may recognize this sort of, yeah, I'm just overburdened. Yes, I'm just, there's, a, there's an internal unrest in me. I need God's peace. Yes. We may have this deep awareness of our need for peace, but then we might fail to actually invite the Prince of Peace to come and meet us in that deep need and instead turn to other things that offer a false or at best an incomplete sense of peace. How often don't we turn to our distractions for a sense of peace, filling our overburdened mind with even more noise instead of becoming quiet for the Lord. Inviting him to come with his peace this Advent means making room, making space for him to fill. It means stepping away, even if it's just for a moment, from the demands of life and all the chosen and the unchosen distractions to give your focus to him and to say, Lord, here I am. Meet me with your peace. It means making room by not doing some of the things that you think are demanded from you, whether it be work, family, friends, perhaps a religious burden that you're placing on yourself, whatever it may be, and to let the Lord minister to your soul. And it means turning away from the things of this world, things that may be distracting, give a false sense of peace, or perhaps are just plain sinful, to turn away from those things and to turn towards God's word, turning towards his presence, turning towards worship. Advent is a time that lends itself for that type of devotion, for that expectation. There's so many tools out there that can help you to focus your attention on God in this time as, you, as you're getting yourself on a journey to invite his peace to you once again. And it's just a quick recommendation, something I've recommended before, is the Lexio 365 app, which gives you a, a, a quick 10-minute guided time of scripture and devo a devoted, uh, devotional prayer to assist you as you're seeking God this Advent. When you acknowledge that you are in need of God's peace and you make room for him and you invite him to meet, with you, uh, to, to meet you with that peace, then it is time to wait on his peace. And that's the third move, waiting on his peace. My experience is that God likes to be sought after. See, when you um, mute the TV during the commercial break and become quiet. Sorry, I need to explain what a commercial break is to some of us. Um, see, we're in back in the day when we had television programs, after like 15 or 20 minutes, there would be a break in five minutes of commercials, like ads. But that, yeah, that we call them commercials. And then five minutes, and you could, and and five minutes, and the continue the the program would continue. Yeah, so it's it's basically an ad on your videos, but then in, on television. Okay, so just because you know, I want to remain relatable and not assume that everyone knows what a commercial break is. Um, 
So instead of muting your TV uh, in between two episodes on Netflix or in the commercial break of the television show you might be watching, if you just for those five minutes mute it, become quiet for God, expecting him to give you a quick fix or like a quick peace download, it's not how it works. It's not how he wants to meet you. Now, you won't hear me say that God cannot do a great work in a quick moment like that. I think he loves meeting us in those in-between moments. And I think he, he is looking for those in-between moments all day, every day. Uh, moments that you would quickly find uh, ways to distract yourself are actually moments that he would like to meet with you as well. But there's something about the, the resilience of sticking with it waiting on the Lord, continuing to seek after him, devoting yourself to him where he can do a formative work in you and really reveal himself to you in a new and in a fresh way. And that's what I want to invite you into this Advent. Just imagine you go home for Christmas to your family or something, or you celebrate Christmas with with a bunch of friends or whatever way you do this. And then... You're anticipating this beautiful Christmas meal and you get to the table and on your plate you find a Big Mac. Yeah, not everyone would be very happy with that. I don't know if anyone here would be, but then I have a whole different message to give. <laughs> like this, yeah, it's not really what you were looking forward to all year, right? That, that oh, a Big Mac, thank you, mom. A Big Mac, that's what I wanted all year. Thank you so much. No, but what you want is a, is a slow roasted leg of lamb or a game stew or whatever, something rich, something high quality, something that took a long time to prepare and a lot of attention. Here's the thing, God has so much more for you this Advent, this Christmas, than a quick fix, something ready in no time, gets the job done, fills the stomach, keeps you going. I believe that he is a beautifully slow-cooked, delicious, personally prepared meal of his peace and his presence for you in this Advent but it will take some time. Make room for him. And while you're on it, leave some space for dessert as well. Amen.